Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Cantina. We're on episode 304. We're going to cover El Super Clásico. We're going to talk about the double jornada that's going on right now. And then we're going to talk about some other stuff. Let's waste no time before I go any further. Let me welcome the cast tonight. Coming in from SoCal, we have Joeli. Joeli, how we doing? Doing good. Good, Jaime. It's been a good week for me. We also have the Cascarita legend with us tonight. How we doing? Good, man. Good, good. Let's go. Lazy, but good. That's good. Well, want to go straight into it. We had a super classical this weekend. It was pretty uneventful. There was more action going on on social media, on IG, on Twitter than what actually happened in the game. Uh, the biggest highlight was Miguel Ponce gouging Martin's eyes and uh, ended up not getting him a red card. And uh, the game ended 0-0. Some pretty good saves by Gudinho. Uh, but that was pretty much it. Guys, what did you think of El Super Clásico? You know what? Uh, I saw that action between uh, Ponce and uh, Henry Martin. And Ponce was trying to shield the ball out to let it go out and, you know, just get a goal kick. And I think Martin kind of lost his cool and just, you know, took a wild, a wild swing at the at the ball and caught Ponce's leg. And then, and uh, you know, Ponce turned around and faced him and Martin went after him. So I, I know Jody's going to mention it, but if if there's players deserving of red cards, then definitely, you know, Henry Martin is on, is on that list. That's what I think. Hello? Yeah, we... Yeah, we can hear you. Oh, okay. I heard uh, okay. Gudinho. Well, you know, Gudinho was trying to hold hold uh, Henry Martin back. He kind of put him in a chokehold a little bit, and then that's when Ponce yeah, then... decided to <laughs> go for that. Go for the eyes. <laughs> Might as well. <laughs> and uh, hey, man, if go ahead, if they can do it in basketball and get away with it, like uh, this guy over there at Golden State, what's his name? Uh, always eye gouging uh, LeBron James. Who, Draymond uh, or something? Never gets punished for it. Yeah, Draymond. Draymond uh, Green. And uh, and nobody screams match fixing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. When that happens, right? <clears throat> I can't remember the last time somebody did that. I think Jose Mourinho did that to another coach on the sidelines. I think that's to the Tito last time. Tito Villanova. <laughs> Tito Villanova. There's like a famous, uh, famous man picture. Rest in peace, Tito. Uh... There's a famous picture, a men picture. There's a, I guess, I don't know who this guy is. Somebody that works at the stadium or something. He's just with a very serious face. The old guy, I don't know if you remember. Uh-huh. Like right in the middle of it? He's just standing there. Yeah, right yeah. in the middle of it. Like no, no, <laughs> no reaction. No, just another guy gouging. Yeah. And uh, Joel, uh, I think you, you told us um, as we were getting ready for this podcast that the referees got punished for that game. Yeah, it was um, here. I have it. Let me pull up the info. But yes, FMF Castigados. Here is Cesar Ramos, Arbitro, Angel Monroy, Anbar, Leon Vicente Barajas, 
It says a bar. I don't know if that's assistant bar. They yeah, will be. Um, yeah, all three of them. They're gonna be sanctioned uh, for their. They, they felt they did a bad job during the Clásico. Uh, the commission. Uh, they did an analysis and they said that they that they um, pardoned two red cards for Chivas. Mm. They they missed the, they missed them. Yeah, they they didn't make the. They call. missed them. <laughs> you, do you call. think it, it, it was the assistant? It was the the VAR guys or the the central ref or the head referee of the game? Yeah. Which ones? All three of them, dude. All three of them are getting, are getting. The central um, ref and the assistant and the two. It was the two uh, uh, Cesar Ramos, the the central ref, Angel Monroy, yeah, the, the the VAR. Um, I guess like the guy that covers VAR, and then Leon Vicente Barajas is like the AVAR, so like the assistant to the. I don't know. I have no idea. I do agree you though know, Jolie, that it was a. Uh, I know where Jolie's going with this. You know, Jolie <laughs> mentioned where he's going with this. I but did. you have to keep in mind, Jolie, the transfer budget for the team is 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 what right now. You've mentioned before that they're broke. Yeah, but but so, this is not coming from Chivas. I don't. I don't, I don't so think this would, is Chivas doing. You think Leaño or somebody affiliated with Leaño? The Leaños have, have a lot of money. They they're money people, man. They're. Um, you know, no, but that's how like promoters work. They, they, and I'll just clue in, clue in the fellow cantineros. So leading up to the classical was this big campaign to fire Bucetich. Yep. And He dropped his mic. Wait, hello? Yeah. Oh, I, I think he's, my, I think he's my reaching thing. into the bottom of, no. his, of his bag to bust out all his notes. No. <laughs> um, so leading up to the Classico, there was this big campaign from the media. It was just all this negativity on going on Bucetich. And it's it's really interesting. I mean, because if you look at his numbers, he was doing it. And decent job you know I, I know the team wasn't playing good and whatnot but regardless he was doing what he what he could but it, it was like very interesting just to see how how he was being attacked I do I do feel it was a bit overboard you even had Jose Ramon you know writing commentary Bucetich is not the coach for Chivas um do the NA interviews him and he does that you know, he says that whole thing where it's difficult playing with Mexicans and it gets flipped to can win with Mexicans. They even had Moncho the next day where he's, you know, same to the N report saying, you know, if you can't win with Mexicans, then don't be in the team. And I mean, to me, that's all like orchestrated, you know, um, at least that's how it feels like for me. And then you even had Perro Bermudez also to the N on one of the shows saying saying how they had Matias Almeida already, like just they were just waiting for his contract to expire. And so it was like from different media outlets, even competing media outlets, 
all of them just attacking Buse. And then he gets it, sacked. He gets sacked right before. The classic. And then supposedly, was, supposedly was he didn't get a good result against Puebla, I mean Pachuca, that he was getting the axe. And they get the win. Hey, right? Joey, I'm going I'm I'm to yeah. interrupt you for a minute. Cause all right, real quick. Cause, yeah, because you, you brought up that Bucetich said it, it's very difficult. Now, for me, as a fan of Chivas, any any team, but obviously my team is Chivas. Like I don't I don't want a manager that tells me, that gives me the, the 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 you know the odds. You know I don't need C3PO and telling me hey we got like one in a million odds to survive this. I need I need a Spartan dude, somebody that'll take the 300 and go up against the million and be like hey we're gonna do this right hey, here. Hey, but right they here. were doing it, but but they are doing it. What yeah, what but, you have is from the fans they want. The team competing no, for honors. They want the team playing, you know, tiki taka and whatnot. So that's why it's he's trying to well, be I'm realistic gonna, about about not, with the I'm way not things are. That yet. Yeah, I'm, I'm addressing his point that he made that is difficult. You know, and I think you know you you've you've analyzed the media before. You know that's a that's a that's a mistake that he made. And the that's he did. A, yeah, you, it's a big mistake. He, he served, he served it on a silver platter, and that was his uh, undoing. And it's probably the only time he's he's made that. I mean, it was, and least... until they got, you know, they set him up, and he fell for it. I no, do no, think, the... and he so he he set it up on a silver platter for them. The the second point, I think, uh, there was definitely, uh, you could say him and Leano, they were not on the same page. Because the work Leaño is doing in Fuerzas Básicas, it's not being approached by uh, Bucetich. Yeah, it's not trans- translating you know? to the senior team. Well, and, I mean, he debuted think... at seven players. What what more do you want him to do? Yeah, but I think it's not enough. I think you, they have seven to players is not manager. enough. It's not enough to just Look, debut him, but it's like the style of play, you know? I, I It's like, Jolie, like... Uh, you know, you have a system and a process, and you're 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 developing players for a certain style. Yeah, well, that's they, the disconnect. I, I agree with you, yeah, and that's the, the big I disconnect think, between the two. I I don't blame Vuce. I think he did what he could, and I, well, I don't think well, he's a what, manager at all. But here, here's the thing, though. I blame he, here's the, hey, well, Yeah, see, see, that's where we're headed because yeah, Pelaez and Pelaez is above Leano. Uh, in the yeah. pecking order, I, so, I, so I mean, it's I, it's I not. Think Buse, I mean, I agree with you in that I I didn't mind Buse being there. He's scratching and clawing points. That's fine. I mean, he's there. He's doing. You know, that's what you that's what you get with Buse. But well, yeah, but see, the, and just just to make the whole point. Yeah. About about. Not taking advantage. The the youth, the, the senior team is not there to cater to the youth team. The youth team has to be in line with the senior team. So it's well, even the what, thing Hans, even the things that Hans had, and, and same thing where they do at Ajax, where the youth teams copy the style of the first team. So once Pelias came exactly. in, so then exactly. the person that had to adapt is not Buse, it's Leano. But that makes no sense. That makes yeah, because Pelias is is the new dude. He he brought in. That's the coach he brought in. 
Yeah, but he didn't get rid of Leaño, which tells you they want to continue with this process, so they need to get their ducks in a row. Yeah, you know? he's he's yeah, and that's the one thing they, where they could have gotten he, rid see, of Leaño. Is it and so now you agree that De La Torre did good when he got rid of uh dude, I keep forgetting what's that Spanish? This the, the former Barça guy. Uh Benayas, he's back at Barça, dude. <laughs> nice. That's, that's a that's a, no what I'm Wait, saying. the same you, thing that happened, that's why they booted him. <laughs> yeah, I mean it, it's within his power. It's within his power. Any any well, that's, and that's a big that's a major thing on. to do it, Dwight, to avoid these no. type of problems. Let me let me tell you. The Pelaez is a shot caller. He can put whatever system he likes. Yeah. That's his that's his job. And and he's gonna and that's his sword to fall on if if he needs to. Now is now when Nestor got rid of Enigis, was it the right call? Yes. No. Was it was he within his authority? <laughs> Was he win his authority as the leader of the club? You, the you just you just showed me why no. it was the right call because, like you're saying no, now, I'm the whole you. disconnect between Leano and Buse. What do you think was going to happen once yeah. Nestor came in and he was well, setting what, up what manager, his style? And then what? And then what happened? They brought in Almeida, right? So they actually they no, get, no, they didn't. Nice. They brought in it was Chepo, and they they brought they brought back Almeida. I think. Was it Real? Did they bring back Real? I think they brought back Guero Real. And, and then they got rid of him, and he went to Toluca, and then they put Almeida in charge of everything, including medical reports. But you're rehashing the oh, yeah. My point, my point, my point. I tell you is the the sporting director. Yes, he has the authority to do it. That doesn't mean it's the right call. Just like bringing in Vuce, if you wanted to keep working with Leano, bringing in a guy like Vuce, that's gonna he. It's like you're. You know, Leano's going to go right every time. This guy's going to go left and just flip the whole thing yeah. on his head. It didn't make sense to have both of them there. He had to. Okay, but the, like, but the first team is the main team. We'll, we'll give him a do-over. We'll give him a do-over. Yeah, but I see, Leano, Leano is very connected. Uh, he's also, his family's even linked to the... Akron. Well, you to said the, they're... To the Akron. But what's their last Akron. names? Akron. It's... Uh, oh, man. The Max Lube Well, former Max Lube, uh, Garza. Martinez Garza and some of them are like family. They're like, I don't know if it's Martinez Leaño or Garza Leaño, but those were the whole former promotora. And now they're Max Lube, one of the main sponsors. And so they're like connected. So this dude has like deep connections. So it's not a dude that you're just going to come and boot. So I think that that might be an issue somewhere down the line where they gave him the team and he's going to see what he can. But I just want to, like, fill in some of the people don't know about Benaiges. Benaiges was he's kind of credited with discovering Xavi, but I think he was more of his Uber driver. He would just take him from – but he worked he- – he worked they, him they, and the, I guess. the player the players hold him in high regard. Iniesta calls him is is basically his his second father. He um, was there. He was there you could say, in Barça during the the golden the golden age of La Masia, where all these yeah, good yeah. talents came out, and he was part of that. And but and he's back now. Uh, La and La me, but, but me and Cascarita here, we've 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 gone back and forth on how good he is because. 
Obviously, well, when he came to Chivas, you, it was it was like, whoa, you, you just got this oh, awesome Joe, guy Joe, from Barca. Here's the full story. I am. I'm story. A... La, well, la here's the full story. Laporta is <laughs> back at Barca. Laporta is back at Barca as a president. The president that was in charge during those golden years is back at Barca fixing the finances. And what did he do? What, the, one of the first things he did was bring this the guy. Dude, volunteer for free. He was like, he just keep paying me. Back in the, dude, he, he's not going to work for free. Well, we, yes, he is, dude. I'll tell let you me why. See your source. Let me, so, let me yeah, see I, your source. I am the source. Not to, it's logic. Oh, dude, like, uh, don't, you want my opinion on what, what, your, what the source is? You wait, no, because you, you're just not letting me. <laughs> Look, dude. <He's, laughs> no, dude, you're not telling the full story. He's no, you're not. You're not <laughs> he's back at Barca while your boy Real is where? He's back at Barca while your boy Real is where is he? See what what does that have to do with what's going on well, with Benaiga? Because that's, that, that's that's the main debate there, where <laughs> you don't tell the full just, story and then just and trying then to keep put, me from the put, checkmate. You go no, you he, go uh, you you put you're the Real, one you go paga fantas for Real and put him on a pedestal. You know? No, see now you're you're just taking the argument somewhere else, but just really no, it's, quick. It's the same point. You're the one. No, you're the one that's not giving the full story, you, dude. You, you just cut a chunk. You cut a chunk. You just cut a, a big chunk of that story. So he was there in the golden years, and then yeah, and he worked some... with, with what players? What players did he work with? Uh, wait, but let me. Fabregas, Piquet, Iniesta. Yeah, a lot of those guys. Xavi, Busquets. The list goes on. Uh, can I read a little article that I found about this guy? Go ahead. Wait, wait. Let me just go real quick. Sure. And, and, and just because I don't, I don't want it to. I don't want Jaime to. I mean Jaime. I mean Juan to to say that. I'm I'm altering. So eventually, this dude ends up losing his job because I think they restructured. Oh, here's what happened. The, wait, wait. Let me finish, dude. Well, you you could. I, I could. The president. No, 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 no. You can't. So what happened was the president uh, that fucked up the finances. <laughs> the reason they had to, the reason they had to get rid of Messi, uh, Roselle, he cleaned house. Actually, it was Bartomeu. And then and then it was Roselle. Those guys they cleaned house. They got rid of anybody associated with Croy, and with Laporte because they're. There's two factions in Barca that are always fighting each other. Uh, all right. Um, ones are called, they're considered the economists. And, and where, that where did he go? Basically, where it's did, the Croy. No. Where does this youth, got, hold on. youth coach got end up in? Jolie, you have to understand the dynamics of Barca before you say, oh, this guy sucks, this guy shit. So what happens in <laughs> Barcelona, there's two factions. There's the Croy, there's a Croy faction that wants to do everything the way he does. There's an anti-Croy faction, which so the anti-Croy faction took over and started kicking out all the people uh, that that follow Croy. They had him on a pedestal. Uh, I think so. Uh, when Laporta lost the presidency, he had a Croy as like honorary. Uh, he gave us some honorary title. These guys came in. They they took away the title, and I heard that Croy like gave back the whatever they had given them, and it was. Um, it's a rift between the Cruyffs and the anti-Cruyffs. So uh, you got to look at uh, any hirings and firings through that lens. But if you follow the story, the anti-Cruyffs that took power, they're the main reason they, they had bad signings that never worked out. Like Wait, I, don't know what, I don't know where you're going uh, with this, Juan. You're just pissing well, all over the well, pod now. No, no, I'm <laughs> telling you the, the decisions they made 
So yeah, but that has yeah, it it has everything to do because getting no, rid it of doesn't. Like Benayas, no, okay, Benayas, look, let me let me. I'll make my point really quick. Goalie, I'm not gonna pile on nothing. Decisions. Yeah, huh? you're, you're saying Benayas. Look, is, I'm, is, I'm gonna uh, make it really quick. Benayas, no, you're saying they they got rid of Benayas because <laughs> he's bad. When the reason they got I rid of him say... is because he's a he's a Cruyff guy. Okay. Okay. And <laughs> they showed. Hold on. They showed that through all their decisions running the club, they're that they're not good at running a club. That's why Barca is broken. Okay. Had to let Messi I, go for free. I'm not arguing that stuff. My whole point has well, been: yeah. if this if yeah, this but, guy is wait, that good, you have to, if, if you have this, this youth context, coach. Jolie, wait, hold on, though. Wait, hold on. It doesn't matter. Well, let's, your let's, point lacks context. It let's let Jaime context. and the listeners decide. If if this guy's that good, well, I'm telling you, in Barca, context, it, he's three. He <laughs> I know, but you gotta let me finish my point. I, I linked you. I linked you an article a, a few weeks back, and you didn't say shit about it, dude. Like <laughs> right there, it, right there, I told you. I told, hey, Jolie, this is why they got rid of Benigas at Barca because he was okay. But there's never been. I never and, discussed why he got released. You're uh, you're like exactly. somewhere else. So then, yeah, but then how are you gonna say, oh, he sucks? That's why he's not at Barca. Like, that no, makes, that look, add up. I didn't say he concept. sucks. I, I didn't say he sucks. What I'm simply let's saying Let's see is, what uh, Joel has to say. Yes, this is my point. If this guy's that good, you know, we got all these top world class players praising him, and he's he's a top, let's say, world class youth coach. As soon as he's free from his contract, don't you think all these big clubs? Manchester United, Man City, Bayerns, or even yeah, lower, or slightly lower, Atletico, or some of these other, nah, Rome, Rome would be lining up to sign him? Don't you think they would be lining up to sign him? He ends up in Max. All right, cool. A lot of them end up in Max. But after Chivas gets rid of him, he's in the Caribbean playing in like, like a Puerto Rico semi-pro or something. We don't, we don't know the context like yeah, but you have to the know, context you know, is no one was offering, no one was offering him a job, dude. Dude, that's the, that's the context. When they, all those Barca guys, they they go to the Middle East, they get paid. Xavi's over there. Yeah, they they can. Like, you think you think you, when I guess in I, Dominican I Republic was there. getting paid Middle East money? Nah, I think he's in Dominican Republic <laughs> and take, taking a vacation. That's what I think. <laughs> okay. I mean, why else would you go there? <laughs> Let's let Jaime Jaime. So I didn't even know who this guy was, but I looked up like his time at Chivas and they interviewed him. And he said, they asked him what was his first impression of Chivas. He said, first of all, what I found is the level of talent is good. Uh, In each of the Chivas youth system, there is at least two to three kids that could play comfortably in the youth teams of Barcelona or Real Madrid. And after growing and discovering more in other areas, I saw that there are two or three grades behind Europe in the level of knowledge of or preparation. And then they're like, okay, so what are they behind in? And said, one of the things that they don't do or they do very little is interlate physical preparation with football. I've seen a lot of coaches that do physical work that isn't adequate for the age of the kids. And then they ask him, what were you going to do with the structure at Chivas? He said, I was going to do many things and concepts like the clubhouse it's the worst that I've seen in all the world. A clubhouse without sinks, without showers, <laughs> without cleaning service. Damn. <laughs> what? 
He said the second. Hey, the Chivas? He said the second step. No, no wonder they gave him the boot. No wonder they gave him the boot. He, <laughs> he wanted to invest money in the fucking clubhouse. He said the second step the was two boys were hungry and we put them in a restaurant to eat basic things. The human development part department has done nothing. Damn. And then I don't know about that, man. They asked That's... him what the story behind his departure I... was. It says it's very simple. The departure was natural. Although it wasn't my responsibility, the first team was doing very badly. And when Chivas, uh, oh, when Jorge Vergara spoke with Jose Manuel Chepo, one of his conditions was to put in place his work team. It went back to those who were there before, like Jose Luis Real and uh, Diego Martinez. I found very low quality youth system. That's why it is difficult for them to grow if they don't change the mentality. <clears throat> so. Yeah, they got rid of him because they wanted to restructure the club, I guess. Yeah, I mean, uh, Vergara brought in Chepo and Esor. So, I mean, that it's a natural exit, like he says. You know, I mean, that part, pretty self-explanatory. A new coach comes in, takes his, you know, new president comes in, takes in, uh, puts his guys in. That's, <laughs> that's normal right. everywhere. I'm gonna finish my conspiracy theory really quick after Cascarita uh, <laughs> Cascarita took us in this in this long detour. You, you, <laughs> you, you brought it up, dude. I just, so, I just addressed your points. So that's all I did. So yeah, but then you had Leano, and then right after they they name him interim, you start seeing all these articles coming up, positive ones. Oh, Menotti. Menotti reached out to congratulate, and you know Cesar Luis Menotti, the former World Cup, you know, venerated in Max, and he's giving this guy the thumbs up. That all to me, that all to me, just seems very set up. Like when's when's the last time you saw something like that, where for an interim coach they're writing like front page, so and so, you know, a football icon is giving the interim the thumbs up. It's it's it, just it, it seems and. That he got the classical too, you know. I I think that was all part of the plan. Get this guy this big game, and if he wins, he's gonna, you know, he's starting off in the right foot. And I do feel that um, this could be disruptive. I I could think it might be like it might be a rift between like Leano and and then Pelias, or it's like usually if you. Usually what we've seen is someone goes as interim and then they usually they just, if if they move up, then they usually after that, once they get, they get replaced, they're usually out of the club. Um, uh, that didn't happen with Real though, right? Wasn't he interim? Yeah, it kept happening. Real <laughs> is probably the most fired guy during the Vergara era. Um, yeah, but he was, he yeah, was interim they, and then... And then he ended up back at the club, right? Working in the in the youth. Yeah, they kept, but but I mean, they would like go of him first. Uh, same with Hans, they would move him around all the time. Never really yeah. let him stay in one place. So, so like, did, I, uh, did Leano get the same uh, uh, propaganda in the in the previous time that he was the uh, no? You know, I, I don't, he, not, no one really knew who he no, was, he to be honest. honest. Yeah, he beat Juarez, he, and I can't I can't remember what, what other team he beat. And the team looked Mazatlan. really good back then. Uh, he yeah, got, he, he just... got back-to-back victories. I will say, like, look, I'm not really impressed with this game. I know that Chivas played better than 
how they played against Vucetich. But what I don't agree with is I would say the last quarter of the game, he got very, very defensive. The team just tried to, you know, park the bus and hold on to this scoreless draw. And then the big cherry on top was taking out Alexis Vega for Oribe Peralta. I don't know if there's like a, a clause in his contract where he's required to play X amount of minutes, but I don't know what Peralta's doing on the pitch. That guy deserves to be in the cemetery. He's he's a muerto, man. He's absolutely yeah. worthless. Not not Damn. that game, but the other game. Or I forget was it this game? I forget what game it was, but he just missed so uh, bad. He, no, it was against Pachuca. Right when I tuned in, right when I tuned in, I saw him miss a shot. So uh Yeah, he's just maybe been, that was a Pachuca game. It was a Pachuca game. Yeah, he missed really bad. But uh, you know, people are like saying, Oh yeah, this is what we Chivas lacked, the passion from the coach, and I'm just like rolling my eyes. I'm like, dude, like like that can only go so far. Like you need to have a game plan, you need to have tactics, you need to be a, able to adjust the game, you know, during the game. And and I think I saw that with um Santiago Solari. He made adjustments and you know, in the end it ended up being a scoreless draw, but I just feel like we, you know, with Chivas, I really hope that they get off the coaching carousel and they bring in somebody like from a, you know, new perspective, fresh blood that's not part of that whole recycling gig. Yeah, and that's that's what makes it hard. And I don't think I don't know why fans are celebrating. I saw the whole celebrating of getting rid of Vuce, but it's it's not that good bringing in a coach like at the middle of the you know at the middle of the season. You want him to come in at least when the season ends. He has the preseason, and then he has the whole season. But you bring him in there, and then it's like it, it's it's usually whatever problems he just inherits them. And he has to work through them, and it's it's usually it backfires. And we saw it with a lot of guys like Cardoso, Boy, and whatnot. They will come in. Fortunately, the team's not. They're they're doing quite well, you know. It's not like they're they're in the last places. They're I think they're in eighth, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, they're in ninth place. There is uh one, two, three, oh, four. Games being played right now, right? America, yeah. Pachuca, and uh, Puebla, I think. Yeah. Uh... Pachuca oh, versus América. Yeah, it's doble jornada. Pachuca currently is in the 92nd minute against América, tied 1-1. Uh, Necaxa actually beats um, Tijuana 3-0. Ciboli's not having a good time out there in Tijuana. Uh, Mazatlán beat Juárez 3-1. And uh, Puebla beat Atlas today. So there are double jornadas right now. Uh, but as of right now, Chivas are in ninth position, 14 points. It, it- Hey, Jaime, you know uh, Puebla is uh, Jolie's second team, right? <laughs> uh, I, not I, don't, I don't have. <laughs> I don't have. I don't have second second favorite. That, that, I mean, if, if he had a team, that would be his second team. He loves it there, dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, right now, Cruz Azul, Tigres, Chivas, and Mazatlan tied on points with 14. Um, Mazatlan did play a game today, so they do have a game at hand. So... Yeah, I mean, to be honest, Chivas are like right there in the middle of the pack, uh, thanks to the repechaje. Uh, they're going to play Querétaro tomorrow. We'll see how it goes for them on uh, on the road, and then they have Atlas on Saturday. So back to back Clásicos. Atlas come off of uh, well, they beat León, and then they ended up losing against Puebla, uh, but they are currently in eighth, fourth position. So. It's weird, man. You have like the the two teams owned by uh, 
was it Santos and Atlas are owned by uh, Orlegi, right? Yeah. And you have Atlas doing really, really well right now. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah. No, I, I expect that Atlas sooner or later to, to, to have a good season just because Orlegi has proven, uh, you know, that they know what they're doing. Apart from that, we had some pretty uneventful games, you know, Tigres and Pumas played each other. I wish Chiquis was here. Boy, that was that was a rough game to watch. Scoreless draw 0-0 against the felines. And uh upset over there in Toluca, Atletico San Luis beating them 2-1. And Rayados take care of business against Santos. So some pretty, pretty big upsets. And uh yeah, we have the the Clásico Chivas Atlas on Saturday. How do you how do you guys see that game for uh, for Chivas? I think we're going to see more of the same. Chivas has gone what now four or five games without receiving a goal. Uh they've gone I think three games without conceding. Yeah, so they've been at least that part defensively. They're doing good. I don't see them trying to go all out, you know, just because how tight the league is. I, I kept telling people it's, you can't risk that some of that stuff where it's like you're going to risk playing good and you could lose. Yeah, they haven't. You know, you could lose. They haven't lost in five games. You're going to lose by a large margin, which could end up affecting you once once you have three, four teams that are like what separates them is like goal differential. Yeah. The only thing Atlas seems to have, you know, in recent times they would cave, cave against Chivas. I don't know, man. I don't know if that would happen. <laughs> They're bound to win one. <laughs> They're bound to win one sooner or later. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. They do have uh, a young kid named uh, Jonathan Herrera. He's pretty good. They have another guy too. I think his last name is Marquez. Uh, he's been playing well, so yeah, you know, Atlas have uh, some some young young players on their team, looking good. But uh, I'm excited. You know, those games always bring out the best out of both teams. But you know, we we've been so used to Chivas winning those matches. We'll we'll see how how it goes. Yeah, and uh, positive Chivas. I think Vega's back, so he should yeah. he should be in better form. Um, there is bad news though. Conejo Brizuela is out for a month with an injury, so it's uh, unfortunate. Damn. <laughs> yeah. We also had some pretty exciting uh, player abroad action. Raúl Jiménez, almost after a year from his injury, has finally scored, and uh, Wolves ended up winning the match. So really big goal for for Raúl Jiménez. Uh, it seems like he's he's back. There was one match where he actually, out of frustration, took off his uh, the little headgear, and because uh, he he had a cross and he he hit it really bad, so I'm sure he like still has to wear it, but I I can tell that it's affecting him. Yeah, no, that goal he scored, man, that was something else. Oh, I know, he embarrassed the. Saints. His footwork was just wow. Left a dude on the ground. 
yeah, it was a really, really good goal. I mean, he took care of one or two defenders there, maybe three. And right in time for a World Cup qualifying. Yeah, we're definitely going to need him, especially uh, we're coming up on the international break. I believe it's next week. Um, yeah, man. Apart from that, both uh, JJ Mack and Hector Herrera started against each other uh, last week, so they got, I think, like 60 and 80 minutes. And then Edson Alvarez played today uh, for Ajax, and so did Tecatito for Porto. So it's really nice to see players get Champions League minutes. It always gets me excited. Ajax won 2 0. And unfortunately for Porto, they lost 5-1. Uh, but Tecatito's playing as a as a right back for Porto now. So it's not his like winger position that he's used to on the Selección. Yeah, and you know, not exactly Champions League, but a player that is doing very well, Trophies. Oh, Trophies. <laughs> And, and, you know, because we had talked about him before his hot streak started. So I, I would like to believe he was listening to us. And he was like, yeah, I mean, we were kind of giving these him guys shit. have a point. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we were saying how this was like his last chance because no team had picked him up in Mex. Uh, you know, no team had made any offers. And it was like, no team wants you. You come to MLS and then you. You have a poor season, your stock just dropped, and you're most likely to end up in, you know, Liga de Ascenso or, or some other, or like Marco Fabian charging to to do promos. <laughs> and and so yeah, but he he um he's he's been on a bender. He's been scoring all, you know, hat tricks and assists, and it's to the point where he's he could become one of the, um, what is it, most goals per season? Uh, Mexicans, one of the... Yeah, um, uh, first season in the MLS, uh, Carlos Vela holds the record for 14 goals, and he's right there behind him with 11. So he could potentially break... With eight games, right? Yeah, there's still... Eight games to go. There's plenty of football left. Yeah, so I mean, here, I mean, career-wise, and I'm not saying because he's tearing it up that... He's going to go back to Max. We, you don't know what could happen. But for him, even as a player, I could see him now, like, his value just gone up, at least in this league, where they're going to want. That's, that's the player that they would want to have, where he would be, like, the, the, the key player, you know, of a team. Yeah, I mean... He so just to recap, uh, against Real Salt Lake, he scored a hat trick. I was there for that match, covering it. Then they go on the road against Austin FC, scores two, and then against LAFC, he scores and gets an assist. So I mean, he's he's really on fire right now. I'll be back tomorrow uh, to cover the Seattle game. Uh, we'll see if he he goes for for the encore, but yeah, he's Is- really turning up right now. You guys been have you been watching his games? Is he playing the nine or is he playing the ten, or is he playing on the wing? Uh, he's been playing like basically as the striker. Okay, so his record is is the same as uh, Chicharito's, but I guess he's played more. They got eleven goals apiece right now. 
Who has 11? Chicharito and Chofis. Do they? Yeah. Why is he not on the list? Oh, because it's not his first season. Duh. He's, yeah, last season he scored like two goals. <laughs> Oh, yeah, so I was then, I was making that Pulido has has eight. So tell me you want uh Puligol back at Chivas. Mm. Well he was never uh you know he doesn't fit the nine profile. Maybe those trophies. Yeah, trophies has been playing like I mean he starts like on the wing. But yeah, he's been playing He's been everywhere, man, to be honest. Oh, so he's not playing strictly. If, if he's not playing strictly in the, the nine, then that's really good. If, yeah, he's playing like because against. I remember against. Uh, what, what game was it? He when when he came and scored that hat trick. I don't think he started on the wing, but he's he's kind of just like floating. To be honest, I don't think he has like a set position. Um, I know against. Uh, he's playing. He's playing Jolie's position. <clears throat> you know, Jolie in the in the Sunday league. He'd... You'd be like, hey, profe, I, I play libre. <laughs> I show up where I want, bro. So, no, but look, look, because Jaime found this. There's this webpage called Famosos. Oh, God. Oh, no. It's almost like uh, OnlyFans. No, it's 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 like uh, <laughs> it's like Cameo. It's like Cameo. Yeah, I don't know what Cameo is, man. I'm oh, old. if you go to, look, yeah. With this. Oh, so, yeah. So what happened? It, Jolie. What is it? What is it? No, I don't know. Jaime needs to explain it. I'm, I'm, yeah, I don't so know what that is, right? <laughs> what's going on is, uh, you know, if Trophy has a bad season, he's going to end up on Famosos like Marco Fabian, who right now, I don't know if he's still on Juarez, but he is charging people $50 for a cameo appearance. Like you pay him and he'll shout out whatever you type. Oh, so he'll do a video. You do like a little video it's talking. A video. Hey, I, and, I just I just went on this page. You got Pive Valderrama for a hundred bucks. <laughs> I think we're gonna have to get we're gonna have to get Marco Fabian, and then we're gonna definitely gonna pay and then have him customize some type of shout out. Dude, I wonder if we that's worth that's worth the fifty bucks. Wait, what is this one? Hold on, let me see if you guys can hear it. Fabian, quiero mandarte un fuerte abrazo. Que sonrías mucho, mandarte las mejores vibras. Quiero agradecerte por seguirme, por ser mi fan, por apoyarme en mi carrera. Sé que juegas fútbol, diviértete mucho es lo más importante y sueña en grande. Saludos. That'll be fifty dollars. That sounds like it's for little kids, but I want I want something like, huh? Was that Juan Gabriel? No, that was uh, no, Fabian. <laughs> oh, dude, they sound the same. Hey, ask him to say Noah Noah for 50 bucks. <laughs> There's probably a... <laughs> I'm, he looks like really drunk, man. <laughs> he probably is. He needs the 50 bucks to go back to Oakland. <laughs> He's like, I need to oh, go get dude, a kawama. Get a... You can get jerking down for $70. He needs a... The, the, 24 pack what? Jurgen Dam, 17 bucks for a shout out from Jurgen Dam. Oh shit. He's here too? Yeah, he's, but he's, he's, he's needs only to, seventeen dollars. He needs to finish paying off his Ferrari with his... Wow dude. Oh, 17 so bucks? What, what was the thing with Jurgen Dam that like some like adult actress like went to one of the games and he like didn't even know who she was or something? But he has like a photo with her. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> he was he was like, oh, I didn't even know who she was, you know. And then then yeah, it was, it was pretty interesting. In right here in uh, where is he at Salt Lake? Where, where did he go to? He's at Atlanta. Atlanta. Oh, and so she went there. Yeah, he, she went to like one of the games and like there's a photo of them floating around and I'm like I don't know I didn't know who she was either and then everybody's like dude that's like a adult actress. Damn. Oh, no, have to look for that. You I have Rene Iwita for 50 bucks, man. The guy that did the Scorpion for Colombia as the goalkeeper? No way. Oh, Rene Iwita. Yeah, 50 bucks. It's probably doing some major lines. <laughs> you have Blas Perez like, for $18. He's running a special. Blas Perez, nah. See, it sounds like OnlyFans. You think Pesadito Ruiz is on here, Jolie? <laughs> Uh, he's from Guatemala, no? It's it's worth looking for him, yeah. I can't find him. They don't have him as a country. But they have Mexico. They have uh, Javier Orozco. Wow. I think he's just doing for free. There's no price tag next to him. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to stay relevant. I want to find Chava Carmona. And oh, wow. Like, what what, what can... happened? Why did I... you get banned from Mexican soccer? Who? I could pay Salvador Carmona, remember? Oh, that'd be good. Luca guy, Chivas guy, too. Angel Saldivar is on there for 20 bucks. Dude, but are those, those guys are still in Mexico, right? Oh, Miguel Ponce for 40? Bro. <laughs> <laughs> hey, how come I'm not getting Saldivar, dude? Am I banned already? <laughs> I just uh, filtered by country, and I put Mexico. What kind of videos are you requesting, Jaime? I mean, <laughs> Juan? And there's... I'm, not, I'm not even requesting videos, bro. I'm just trying to find these guys. Yeah, that's crazy. I think they banned me. They must have heard about the <laughs> jokes I'm making about putazos, and they're like, hey. See? See, look, these guys hurting for money. Damn, and, and, and I tell fans, you, you want to wonder why the oh, Chicharros really? and Velas choose, choose MLS. Um, 20 bucks, dude. 20 but bucks. He's in Mexico, so you figure that's like 500 pesos or something. 400 pesos, you know? It's like 400 pesos out there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah kind of kind of worth it. Dude, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's making like, I don't know, at least like $1,000 a week or something. I mean. Drinking down for 17 bucks, though. That one, it, it doesn't it doesn't add up. <laughs> yeah. He must be. I mean, he, I'm sure he's getting paid. MLS shows everybody's salary, so I, I, I'm going to see if I can find it. He was getting, he got a nice contract. He got yeah. a, a pretty fat check. Um, he was probably. While we're on the topic of money, I did read an article, 442, uh, involving Fernandinho. He's a Brazilian player for Man City. And I thought there's a couple things from the interview that I thought was pretty interesting. Uh, he was talking about how he started out in Atletico Paranarense a team that obviously we all know very well because they played against Chivas in back-to-back semifinals in the uh, Copa Libertadores. And um, that was when they were doing really, really well. And he talked about how the for them, even though they didn't end up winning the league, they got second place. And for second place, they gave him a bonus of uh, 900 Brazilian rice, which is about 125 pounds. So, I mean, for being the second best team in the league, they got like peanuts. And they were asking him about his transfer to Shakhtar, which is a team in the Ukraine. And he said that, yeah, dude, they pay very well. They're paying a $7,000 for every time they won a match. Um, 
So I thought that was like a really big eye opener, you know, because, you know, you think about the Brazilian and the Argentinian league and how, you know, we, we claim them as like some of the best, you know, leagues in, 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 in the Americas. And uh, yeah. they're really not getting paid well. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, com- the competition and whatnot, it's, it's where it's, they're good. And that's part of it of why they're so competitive because they want to, <laughs> they're trying to get out of there, man. It's like the Hunger Games. You, you know what? There's, uh, there, there's some groups I, I joined in LinkedIn. Uh, and you could go to like Thailand or like Singapore and be like a professional soccer player and, and make like, like, you know, what a doctor makes in a year, you know, like 200K, 300K no way. for a season. Yeah, dude. But I mean, you just got to travel to these to these places where you don't know the language, you don't know the food. Yeah. And it's hella cheap out there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and that's the good part, you know. Um, be there a few years and come back with a, you know, a nice chunk of change. Yeah, another thing from the interview, that, you know, they asked him like, "Why do you think so many Brazilians have made a name for themselves in the Ukraine?" And he says the financial side is very attractive, not only for the player but for the club negotiating. Um, they can compete with clubs like Porto by paying all at once, uh, and they can afford higher salaries than Portuguese, Italian, and Spanish clubs, and they're very patient with newcomers. So I was like, man, so he ended up playing alongside Neri Castillo because I remember Neri Castillo left Olympiacos and he went to Shakhtar. And I just, it was a head scratcher for me because I'm like, who the hell is this team? And they're in the Ukraine and stuff. And till this day, the $20 million fee that they paid uh, Olympiacos has been the highest transfer for a Ukrainian club ever. So that's... Hey, but- they they blackballed Neri, right? Then he he got in a fight with somebody or an argument, and they started like benching him. Like they literally erased his career for a good few seasons. No, what happened? I believe one of the stories is that when his, his parents passed away when he was when he was over there, and yeah. I think they didn't allow him to travel to go but see them. Yeah, to the funeral or, or when they were sick. One of those two things happened, and that just pretty much... His his parents dying, uh, you know, and they both died one after the other. It it just really... It just got him, you know? It, it, it affected him a lot. And then he, he, he was married and he had a daughter, but then when he goes to England, he cheats on his wife. I, I believe he cheats on his wife, but he was with... Um, what was this dude? Uh, Sven. He was with Sven on the Sven limo. Sven yeah. And, and they took that picture and he's got those, you know, they got those call girls in there. And that was that was a big, I think his wife after that just took the daughter and left. So at this point, he's, he's totally alone. Yeah. And that just, that was it, man. I don't think he ever recovered, like, just mentally. He was able to, like, just get in the game. And it's sad because this that guy was insanely talented. Yeah. Not only that, but I mean he didn't make a lot of friends because I remember one of the few matches that he came on, they won a penalty kick and he refused to take the ball to uh, give the ball to the designated penalty kicker. He took it himself <laughs> and then he missed and then he was immediately subbed off and uh it's the coach said uh what Castillo did from a prof- professional point of view, I've never seen anything like it before in my whole life. Uh, there will be some measures taken against Castillo, and you know he pretty much left after that. He was even willing to pay half his transfer just to get out of there. He went to City. Damn. Yeah. 
Yeah, Sven Goran Eriksson commented, he was desperate to come to us, desperate to come to England, desperate to come to the Premier League, and I have never seen a player a player pay for half the transfer deal before. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty crazy. But yeah, it's very interesting, you know, like uh Fernandinho and and you know, him talking about the Ukraine and and you know how how little they were getting paid in Brazil. And uh it's pretty eye-opening. I mean, Liga Mekis really is like in a bubble because, you know, unlike the rest of the Americas, like they don't have the need to export to, you know, make financial gains. They can they can deal amongst themselves within clubs. Uh, they don't ha- they don't have that problem where they, they have to export. Yeah, exactly. That's always been a big, a big, uh, I wouldn't say downfall, but that's for a lot of the players. Motivation wise, you know, because they'll they'll get big contracts right away. Sort of trophies was one of just going back to him. He had just made it to Chivas and already he was making a lot of money and he hadn't done anything yet. Uh, you know, and that, that leads a lot of times to some of these players like their downfall because all of a sudden it's like they just go crazy with all this money that they have. And you get this false sense of security where you think it's going to last. Mm-hmm. Or they don't know how to manage it where it's like you bought you bought this big-ass house and to maintain it or, or if there's property tax or whatnot, it's going to cost you all this money, uh, you know, or they buy all these cars. And that's those sort of things that end up, ends, ends up, you know, in the long run ruining them. Yeah, I know a lot of people don't, financial. don't know how to manage their money and they end up doing cam- yeah, like if, cameos for 50 you bucks. Could <laughs> <laughs> you could buy a boat, but it's not just buying the boat. You're going to have to pay to dock it. You're going to have to pay to for the maintenance and all that. And uh, if it breaks down, so I mean, you know, maybe by the time you, like, like once it adds up, it's, it's, um, it's, uh, it's up costing you way more than what you pay for. Yeah, and that's that's how I like to remember Nettie. Uh, I don't know if you guys uh, remember from uh, what was it the uh, the Copa America, I believe, two thousand seven. He scored that goal against Brazil. Of course, that, I think it's the doble sombrerito. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then I think they shot him on their time off, and he's like he's driving like one of those speedboats. Really? You guys don't remember seeing that? No. Uh, so that's that's how I picture him, just driving that boat off into the sunset. He <laughs> <laughs> does that great game and then he leaves. <laughs> Basically. He's inviting. He has a fi- see you again sometime. <laughs> he has a bait and tackle shop in Greece now. That's where he, that's what he does for a living. Yeah, he sells yeah, fishing. Fishing stuff. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so pretty historical day for a team from uh, Moldova, uh, Sheriff FC beating Real Madrid, and uh, I think somebody on Twitter was saying that this is the most humiliating defeat in their existence. And then uh, I think you brought up uh, Chivas losing to a team from Trinidad Tobago, right? 
Oh, that was Ron. That oh. was Ron. <laughs> he was trying to compare it, but but no comparison. <laughs> no, no comparison there. Because <laughs> Moldova is is like, you know, with all due respect, I don't I don't know if they have. I I don't know if they're regarded a country. They were one of those small. I, I don't know if they were connected uh, says, to Russia. Uh, they're based in. And they were like Tiraspol, a city located in the unrecognized. Transnistria, whatever that means. <laughs> Parts unknown. <laughs> so I mean, that's that's the whole difference. Or it's it's you know, uh, I don't think they even their league is that professional. So all that stuff. But it's just that guy was just taking the piss. Um, but no, it doesn't compare. I mean, Real Madrid, and then they lost at home. They, they lost did. to Santiago Bernabeu. So yeah, for them it is. It is a you know because Real Madrid is one of the best teams in the world, not just in La Liga, but in the whole world. So it's a, a big. Chivas is rarely the best team in, in Liga MX. So <laughs> let alone the world. Um, yeah, no, no comparison there. It's pretty impressive, but uh, man, I remember when they were doing the uh, draw for Champions League and, you know, they were drawing the group with Inter, Real Madrid, and Shakhtar. And, you know, so far they've they've done a great job, man. <laughs> they've done a great job. I'm rooting for this team. I want them to win the whole thing. It'd be amazing. Maybe the group. I don't know about the whole cup. I mean, <laughs> I remember when, uh, you know, Atletico, or not Atletico, uh, Ajax, they knocked out everybody. They they knocked out Ronaldo's uh, Juventus, and then they end up almost knocking out Spurs. It's like one of the most entertaining matches at the Champions League, and uh, it was so close. They got close. They got close to uh, making the final. They they fell a little bit short, but, I mean, Sheriff, man, they got perfect record. They got two wins, six points. They're in top of their group. They still have to play Inter Milan, but still, that's that's a very uh, inspiring run. Uh, we have somebody in the YouTube chat coming in on the ninth hour. He says, uh, Eddie Castillo has a bait shop. Call him a master baiter. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that comment. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much the... The action that we've had in the last week, the Doble Jornada, the Tapatio Clásico coming this Saturday. You got any uh, anything else on your mind, Joel, before we wrap up? Oh, let me think. Uh, no, no, sir. No, I don't. No, I don't. I'm curious to see how long this uh, will go on as far as Michel Leano being the intern. I wonder if, you know, if they allow him to finish off the rest of the season before they they announce their new coach. Yeah, I, I do think he gets the Atlas Clasico, you know. So, I mean, he came in at an opportune time. Two Clasicos there. You know, I got to give him credit for... Just taking, you know, agreeing to to take that because because it's a gamble. He could have lost really bad, and and um, 
they would have buried him, you know, that, 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 that stain would have stayed on him. And then the fans, Mexico fans, especially for against Mexican coaches could be very dismissive. So that's why I, I, and when I was saying like earlier before Juan's whole big detour, (laughs) (laughs) my, you know, I'm going to put my, my tinfoil sombrero on. If there was like, like, uh, like, like the fix was in, uh, not, my thoughts is not from Chivas. It would be from some promoter that wants to put him as coach Mm. and then put players and be like, all right, if once you're coach, I'm going to bring you these players. And that's, that's been the other thing I've been harping on here for the past weeks, how Chivas has not been able to get players. It's been like three seasons now. They just can't. Not that they don't want to. They can't. You know, no one, no one is selling, and um, there seems to be an embargo there. <clears throat> and so I do, I do feel that's probably something that's, you know, they're aiming at. So let's see, let's see what happens though. And uh, I hope I'm wrong. Yeah, we'll have to see how it goes tomorrow against Querétaro. Um... If I'm not mistaken, they're not in the best shape right now. They're in last place with uh, six points. So it's one of those games where even though they're on the road, I mean, Chihuahua should win the match. And then you go into the Clásico with a little bit less pressure. Atlas are technically in better form right now. They have 19 points, but they did lose yesterday, so... I think Chivas have a great opportunity uh, to to win these two games. and That would put them in an interesting position. Could put them in 20-point land, and that would put them uh, near the top of the table. America has 22 points as of today. They did end up drawing with Pachuca 1-1. So that was the last game of of today. Definitely want to thank everyone for listening to us and uh, for Cascarita Legend for hopping on. It's nice to have a different perspective, even though he doesn't let Joel talk. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'll leave you guys with this interesting fact. The top goal scorers of each decade since 1940, uh, Hugo Sanchez, 315 in the 80s. He was the top goal scorer in that decade. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that's why he's venerated, but more, you know, more outside than outside of Mexico than inside. Yeah, I mean, I didn't know he was that good. God damn. Yeah, he still has that record um, in Real Madrid where he scored, I think it's like 37 or 38 goals a season. But the record is that they were all one-touch goals. Yeah, that was a legendary season. He won the yeah, P- every single one touch, first first touch. You every know. single goal was a one touch. That's crazy. And yeah, no one, no one has, no one has, not even the, the two goats that were there were able to do that. <laughs> um, and so that's you know that's like you said, it's crazy and it's very very impressive. And if you, you know when you see people talking, like, like Spaniards especially. You know, they always, you know, they, they talk so highly of him. 
I don't know if you remember one of the last shows he did over there, one of their big talk shows, and they were fanboying for him. Oh, like yeah. He even took shirts to sign and all that. <laughs> uh, that one show, right, that they have in Spain? Yeah. Yeah, where, like, they get, they get hella dramatic. They play, like, the the music and everything, and yeah. I, every, every now and then I'll see clips on, of that show on Twitter. And like, I remember when, uh, was it Madrid was like eliminated and by Chelsea and then Hazard was like celebrating with the Chelsea players. <laughs> oh man. They, they, <laughs> they looked like they were going to like murder that guy, like execute him on TV. They were just so mad at him. So yeah. But I remember when they brought Ugo on and they were, they were praising him hardcore and that he was, uh, he he had mentioned that he had a ver- verbal agreement with uh, Barcelona, and then he ended up going to Madrid instead. Oh, yeah. yeah, oh, yeah, that was surprising, especially because he started at Atletico. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that rivalry between Atletico and and Madrid was so so strong that they didn't allow the direct transfer. Right, they sold him back to uh, Pumas and then Pumas to Madrid. I don't even know. Yeah, they did. I don't. I don't even know how that worked out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. All right, everybody, going to wrap up episode three hundred four. Thank you guys so much. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at the Cantina MX Podcast. Uh, we will be on the pitch tomorrow, San Jose versus Seattle. I'll be snapping picks. So uh, if you guys want to check out some. Nice trophy shots. I'll be uploading them on the Twitter handle and on our website. Uh, But thank you guys so much. Catch you guys next week.